Hi, I'm Lisa Moore, one of the pastors here at GT Church in Victoria, BC. Welcome to our podcast. All of the content you'll find here is meant to point you to Jesus and to encourage you in your journey wherever you're at. Enjoy the message. Well, hello and welcome, GT Church. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Lucas. I'm one of the pastors here. And it is my great honor to be preaching today in week number two of a series called Every Day. You know, it's our heart here as we kind of, yeah, come up to basically a year, almost to the day, to be honest, of, of what we've been in is a global pandemic. And so it's been our heart that as we kind of get to that year anniversary, we know that I'm sure you're going to see different things in social media and the news about it being a year. It may feel heavy, may feel like a year in it, but we just want you to remember that despite it being, yes, a hard year, despite it being a year where it's felt like what's going to happen, our God continues to work every single day, that every day our God has shown up in the most miraculous ways. And so we thought rather than looking at it a year negatively, how important would it be as the church, as this church, as, as staff, as team, as people, that we would look back and say, our God was with us in it. Our God was there. And so I'm really excited about this series. Andy kicked this off so well last week, reminding us of the promises of God, the, the, pla- the, the place he's preparing, the peace of God, how He is in it every single day with us. And it's my joy to kind of continue on in that series. You know, um, it's our hope again, that you would remember how good God has been. And and one thing Pastor Lisa, she always does this. It'll happen in staff meetings or different meetings with her. If I'm feeling down, discouraged, whatever it may be, um, she'll say to me, Lucas, don't forget Jesus was on the throne. He's like before yesterday, today, and forever. And he's on the throne before COVID, during COVID, and long after. And that's our goal, is that you would know this, that he is good. He has good plans for us. It's been a tough year. Yes, we acknowledge that. But we also acknowledge that our God is amazing and he's working in the everyday moments. And so Andy kicked us off. He gave us the macro view. He gave us that key verse, that key verse in John 14. And it's my job today to really look at the simple part of it, the, the, the fact that he is the way. That's my task. And so I'm excited to do that. I, um, I want to start us off and be so clear. I want you to know from my heart to yours, Jesus is not beating around the bush with this statement. Like this is a bold, but real and true and good statement. This is, it's not something I want you to think is super hard to grasp. I don't want to go too metaphorical today. When, when people say Jesus never kind of related himself to God, I want you to bring them to John 14 and read it from top to bottom because Jesus is making a bold, honest and good statement for us to really grasp. And so it says in John 14, verse five, I want to read it to you, with you right now. It says, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. So how can we know the way? That's again, that's our topic today. That's the subject. Jesus answered, I am the way. Like there's not a lot you can move around there. He's not, he's not over, over compensating. He's not saying anything, anything different. Thomas asked him a question. Jesus gives an answer. I am the way. This, this word, the way, what does it really mean in the Greek? Is If we can look into, deeper into the text, the way is this word hodos, which really just means path, street, guide, road, journey. Again, it's, it's not overly complicated here. Jesus is saying something simple, something true. I am the way, right? I am everything you need. Listen, if you're looking for a path, if you're looking for what to do, it's me. I'm right here. I'm right in front of you. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I am it. If you're looking for the way, this is it. This is the way for all you Mandalorian fans. You know what I'm saying? Like he's saying, this is it. It's right here. It's right in front of you. I am the way. Friends, 
there is a right way to do things and there is a wrong way to do things. I know there's some gray area depending on what we're talking about, but the, I don't know, the older I get in life, I feel like there are right ways and there are wrong ways. You know what I mean? I'm tired of like, oh, you could do it this way or that way. No, there's a right way, there's a wrong way. That's, that's it, that's it for me. I don't know about you, but there was a long season in my life where I was down, hurting, and I watched a lot of cooking shows. Like, is anyone else out there, like you're in this really bad rut of watching way too many cooking shows? I'll pray with you after the service for sure. Um, I watched way too many cooking shows. I, it's so funny. They're so dramatic. Can we talk about this for a second? When have cooking shows become the most intense moments of anyone's life? Am I the only one who feels this way? It's like, if you overcook the egg, if you medium poach, not soft poach an egg, bum, 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 commercial break. Like, we'll see what happens. What will Gordon Ramsay say? Like, it's so intense. But when you're talking about food and we're talking about a guy like Gordon Ramsay, there is a right way and there is a wrong way. I remember watching MasterChef and, and now with it, because I don't know why, but it's like every episode just becomes a Gordon Ramsay special where he shows how to do something and they have to copy it. You know, he'll, he'll make scrambled eggs the only way you make scrambled eggs. And I'm thinking there's a hundred ways to make scrambled eggs. Like I personally, I don't want them to be gooey and wet. Like they need to be so overcooked, they're almost burnt. You know what I'm saying? Like, but Gordon, he has the very specific way he does it. And so everyone gathers around. They look at him and they have their pieces of paper. They're writing stuff down and he's, he's turning the eggs on the heat, off the heat, on the heat, off the heat. He's doing salt, chives, not too wet, not too, like he has this specific formation and then they bring it forward, right? And they put it in front of him and he was, he's looking at it like, are you kidding? It's, you clearly had it on the heat for five seconds, not four seconds, it's supposed to be four. I'm thinking, Gordon, it's a second. Are you, what are you even talking about here? But for him, for scrambled eggs and for the dramatic effect of the cooking network, there's a right way to scramble eggs and there's a wrong way. It becomes this massive thing. And although I kind of making fun of the cooking network and I'm making fun of Gordon, I kind of get it. When I look at Jesus, he's, he's being honest here. He's saying, I am the way. There's right ways and there's wrong ways. There's ways to go about things and, I, and there's options out there and there's things that you could think, but, but let me say it this way. I am the way, the truth, and the life and no one gets to the Father except through me. It's a bold, it's a true statement. And I wanna give us some context as we kind of unpack the idea of the way more because there really is a right way and I believe his name is Jesus. You know, John chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, these five chapters are known as the upper room discourse, which is really the the last couple hours the disciples have with Jesus before he goes to the cross. Now, it's important to know that because most of John is unique. It's like over 90% of the book of John is unique compared to Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So this is a very important. This is like a heart-to-heart between Jesus and his best friends. We often look at this as just bold statements that our God is giving us. But remember, Jesus wasn't just, to them, it was, he was, I don't want to say he was more, but he was more than just God. For them, he was teacher, he was friend, he was fisherman, he was carpenter, he was pal. He was best friend. He was there in the hard moments. For Peter, he's like, you healed my sick mom. Like you, I've seen you do things. You are a teacher. You are a rabbi. You are so much more. What are you, what are you saying to us? And so this discourse is impactful on a personal level for them. It matters. It's unique. And because of this, because of the importance, because of what he's saying here, it's important to have that context as we kind of look into our own lives as 21st century, you know, humans. We, 
We want to know the why, the who, the what, the where. We need all the answers, all the details. We're constantly looking for clarity and like I said, answers. But for them, they just wanted to know where was their friend going? If he's the way and I don't know the way, what does that mean, what does that mean for me? Before they were just tax collectors and fishermen, but now they have purpose. They're disciples. They want to be church planters. Like they have all this vision and excitement. And so I want to kind of look at it from their perspective. I want to get the disciples view because this moment would have been really heavy and really important. I want to go to chapter 13 of John. We're going to read the encounter actually before John 14 in the middle of this long discourse. Like I said, it's all kind of one big convo, one big dinner time convo. Peter actually has an interaction with Jesus right along the same topic of the way. And so we're going to read it together on the TV. It's John 13, starting in verse 33. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I'm going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? There's that question again. Jesus replied, where I'm going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answered, will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. It's so important we hear this, again, in today's culture, trying to understand this idea of Jesus saying that I am the way. Again, I am the way in your everyday, not just in the big moments, not just that one time in salvation. Every day I am showing you that I am the way. Because what he's trying to say to Peter is this. Peter, you're, you're constantly trying to make your own way. Do the thing you need to do to get on my good side. Do the thing you need to do to to find your next step. But for so many of us, we look at our next step as a practical, pragmatic thing physically we need to do. But here Jesus is trying to flip the script. He's saying, before we start going down the path, before we start going down the way that we want to go together as a team, he's saying, it's, it's not always about the way forward. It's about the way within. Please hear this. This, this matters so much to me that you would get this. It's not always about the way forward. It's not always about your next step, that next job, that next amount of money. Where's that next thing going to come from? That next toy to buy, that next school class to take. It's not always about your life moving forward necessarily saying first and foremost, it's about the way within. It's about the attachment and the relationship to me, Jesus, your King, your friend, your savior. I think so often for us, we get in this Peter mindset where we're just, I'll follow you, Jesus, wherever you want to go. What should I do? How should I say it? Who, who can I evangelize to maybe? He's saying, hold on, stop rushing this. It's not always about your a way forward. It's about a way within. Your next step may have nothing to do with where you're going and everything to do with who you're doing it with. Please hear that. It's not just about what you're gonna do, but, but who are you doing it with? Is Jesus with you? I just had a coffee with someone, a young adult who was just struggling, like has all these plans, all these hopes, all these dreams, and yet he's doing it alone. And he constantly feels confused on his next step. And I'm thinking the whole time, like, it's not about your practical next step, where you should go. It's about who you should be doing it with. And there's always going to be this lack of fulfillment. And I was just feeling so, so hurt and so, not hurt, but just so hurting for him. 
It's not just about the big moments. God is moving in our every day. And if we would start, stop to look at our every day outwardly and start to look at our every moment inwardly with Jesus, with the way, the personification, Jesus himself in our hearts, that's when we were gonna begin to see, I think, real change. And Jesus is saying, I want, I want you to lay your, down, your life down with me, but you don't even know me. You're not even, it's not even within. I don't abide in you. You don't abide in me. There's something deeper there. You know, Andy always says this, and I absolutely love it. He always encourages us with this thought. We often don't want to follow God. We want him to follow us. And I think it's the same idea here. It's where it's like, God, I'll, I'll go, I'll do, I'll listen to you. I'll obey your commandments, but you follow me. And Jesus is saying, it's not, it doesn't work that way. Before we even start moving, this is a heart relationship. This is something that happens on the inside. Before you start going his way, he's asking the question, are you in a relationship with the way? Are you in a relationship with me? And again, it's so key because there isn't always, can I say this please? There isn't always a practical way forward. That's why I think this is so important that we get it on the inside, which I know it kind of sounds self-helpy, but please hear what I'm saying. Jesus wants a relationship with you. And there isn't always an easy next step. But man, there is someone who wants to be your savior, who wants to be your guide. There is someone who wants to do life with you every single day. And there isn't always an easy next step, but there is always an easy way to Jesus. And sometimes that's all we can do is work on with what's, with what's going on inside. We don't have a way forward. There is no next step. I, I received, an, uh, actually, I didn't receive an email, but Lisa, Pastor Lisa told me about this email she got that I, I think is such a beautiful story of what happens when we stop trying to do everything our way, stop trying to go forward, and we just start to look inward with Jesus. It's the story of this wonderful lady in our church. Lisa just picked up the phone and made a call. And she got this other person with her, and, 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 and her name is Ruby, and, and she was just explaining how she really needed prayer for some financial support. See, she's an international student and, and the debt had just risen up so high. And her parents, there was no way to send any money there from Zimbabwe and the, the economy there has just crashed. It's so difficult to find work. And so they talked and Pastor Lisa prayed with her and an absolute miracle happened. And I wanna read you the email, almost word for word. She says, you know, I remember when you called, you asked me if there was anything I needed prayer for. I mentioned my tuition. The call itself came at a time when I was trying to hear God, but I was feeling a little bit lost. Ever been there? The bill was $14,000 international tuition. She said, I was working part-time. I was trying not to become overwhelmed. It's so difficult when you're an international student. Anyway, she says, the day after a friend messaged me and said, and just wanted to reassure me that God was looking out for me. For her, she still didn't have a next step. So she says, a week later on YouTube, I came by another pastor about miracles. It was a video and I watched it. I prayed with that pastor and I moved on. I kept looking on the inside. I love this. She didn't have a way forward. She just kept going. She just kept trusting. She said, earlier this week, my dad reached out to a cousin who, who, who had a, another family member, a sister passed away, so he was sending condolences. She, they haven't talked in many years, but her dad was once a mentor to this cousin. Long story short, yesterday, this person who has now become a professor, a, a, excuse me, a uh, a pastor and a university president in the United States. She said, yesterday, he paid my entire fall semester tuition in full. This man who I hardly know, who we haven't even spoken to in decades, gifted me with all my tuition. When I looked at my tuition a month ago, I, I said out loud, it would take quite literally a miracle to pay off. 
Who just gifts someone so much money? I'm overwhelmed with gratitude. God is great. God is great. She says it twice. She just writes it down. I'm bursting into tears at this random moment, she says. I love that she says that. This every day, every once in a while, just out of the blue, everyday moment, a literal miracle paid off my tuition. Wow. Anyways, I'm sorry if this was so long. And she goes on to say, I love when people say, I'm sorry, I I don't want to bother you with such great miracles. Pastor, I'm so sorry to call you and tell you this incredible thing that God happened. Let's just go on record here. Whenever you're sending us emails about miracles, you never have to finish with, I'm sorry. We can finish with hallelujah. Thank you, God, that you were in the everyday. Thank you that he can make a way. Why? Because he is the way. We often try and make ways. We try and like, like conjure ways, but he can make a way. Why? Because he is the way. Because he says, I am the way, the truth and the life. I can make a way because I am the way. And this is so important we understand that he's not just saying something bold. He is the personification of every miracle that you're hoping for, praying for, believing for in your everyday. And he wants to do them with you, beside you. But first, we gotta start within. We we gotta start there. If we keep going in John 14, we now have Thomas's question and this is where we'll end. We have Thomas asking a similar question to Peter. It's in the same discourse. It's, it's right after kind of Andy was talking about yesterday or, or last week, excuse me. He says this in John 14, starting in verse four, you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we actually don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth and life. Again, you've heard this part, this part already. Then he goes on to say, no one comes to the father except through me. If you really know me, that's why it starts on the within. That's why it starts there. You will know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Then Philip said this, Lord, show us the father and that will be enough for us. I love how Jesus responds. Don't you know me, Philip? Jesus answered. Even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show us the father? He gets a little bit upset, I think. He's saying, Philip, I literally just said, I am the way when you said there is no way or where is the way. I go on to say, now you know the father because you've seen me. I'm making a connection to God, the father. I am that connection. I am the way to him. But Philip still responds with this this interesting kind of response where he says, just show us the father. Show Show us the end result. Have you ever been there? We can find our way if you just give us the destination. I just want the answer. Just tell me where you want me to end up. Just tell me who you want me to marry. Just tell me how much money you want to make. I'll tie the enough back to you. I don't, need the, I don't need the everyday. I actually just want the big moment. I just want the, the milestone. She's saying, that's not how it works. That's not what's best. That's not how I've set it up. I want to be in the everyday. I want you to know that I'm here every step of the way. And this tension that, that Philip is saying and that we often have is, is so difficult. It's hard to trust him. But here's why this is so key. This is why I really believe this is where we're coming to a close, why it's so important. There's a lot of options. Like I was saying earlier, I think there's a lot of ways to make scrambled eggs. Apparently not. I think there's a lot of way I could work. I think, job, I think God has a plan for you. There's a lot of people I could end up with. Yeah, you're probably right. When we come to Jesus and begin to understand that he wants to show us and guide us and be our path, it's difficult because there's so many options all the time. 
and we just want that end result. We, we think we can get there on our own. I just want to take a second and I want us to be, I want us to be honest here. I think Jesus wants us to be honest like Thomas and say, listen, we don't know the way. I'm lost. I don't know where you're going. But unlike Philip, I think he wants us to be a little more humble, humble enough to say, I don't even have what it takes. There's a lot of options and I don't know the answer. And I don't know what to do. I want us to take a second here as we, as we wrap up. I want to encourage us as a church. There are a lot of people watching today who I know are battling with stuff. Even this week in our own small group, I had multiple text messages coming through with couples and just saying I could really use prayer here or there. A lot of it has to do with healing, physical healing, to be honest. I believe it is our job as the church, as the body of Christ, that when, that when people in your small group, in your families, maybe even yourself, they've gone to doctors, counselors, they've, they've talked this through with their spouses. They have tried every which way and they're tired of asking for help. And they're on this point where they just wanna give up. And this is where we as a church need to step up and remind them of who is the way. We need to remind them of Jesus and how he can make a way, how, how he makes a way when there is no other way. We need to supply that hope. We need to activate faith because our God can make a way. Make no mistake, he can make a way when there is no other way. The amount of stories that we have seen each and every moment, each day throughout this year, although it's been a difficult year, we have seen God make a way when it, there is no other way. One last story as I, as, I, as I wrap up. At a staff meeting not too long ago, we were filled with some news from one of our staff members, Christina, who worked, who's been working with us and kids and, and, and at our West Hills campus for a long time. And she was just having so many health issues. And she was, I think, at least 30 weeks pregnant, if not more. And she'd been in the hospital for days and could not even call and be coherent because she was so tired and on medication. And she didn't, they didn't really know what was going on. They found, they found some inflammation and there were some stones and they were pressing on some different things. And it basically came to the situation where we found out that it was either a major surgery is going to happen, which is, which is difficult when you're over 30 weeks pregnant, or, or we're hoping this passes on our own, but it, it probably won't. And both Christina and Ryan were filled with, honestly, every option and no option at all. And in that moment as a staff, we all decided we need to stand to our feet. We need to activate faith and we need to pray to the one who can make a way when there is no other way. When doctors come and they say, I don't know. Honestly, I'm not sure. Maybe this, maybe that. We'll see. We, we're, we're, it's a waiting game now. I just had lunch with someone who's, who's, whose spouse is battling cancer. We continue to get emails of healing that we're praying for. Our God can make a way when there is no other way. And as the church, we need to be the body of Christ saying, listen, when you don't know he's the way or when you forget he's the way, we wanna pray and remember that he is the way when there is no other way. When everyone else, doctors and counselors say, I, I just don't know. That's our God. That's who we serve. That's who you can trust in the every single day moments. You're hearing stories of testimony financially. By the way, we prayed in that moment. It, we took 10 minutes to just pray out loud, pray fervently with, with zeal and honesty to God. And within an hour, we get a call from the doctors, actually from Christina saying, I feel amazing. Everything is passed on its own. I'm heading home. It wasn't just like, I'm better now and I get to stay. It was like, I'm heading home. It was, it was honestly a miracle. Me and Christina still talk about how incredible that moment was. He can make a way. 
Maybe in your life right now, you've had the struggle going on inside. You're like, I don't know what way to go. I don't know how to do this. I don't know, I don't know what my next step is. Can I encourage you? Trust Jesus. There are way too many moments. There are way too many everyday moments that, that are hard and difficult that we don't know which step to take. Take the first step, which is within. Say, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. I want you to lead me. I believe in you when you say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I want you to be my savior. I got some sin. I got some mistakes I've made. I don't know where to put it. Jesus is saying right here, be in relationship with me. I want to be in relationship with you. Maybe you want to make that decision. Say, I'm following Jesus. I'm following the way because that is the only way I need to go. A number is going to pop up on the screen. You can text life to that number. You can click, raise a hand on church online. We want you to engage and we're right there with you. We're going to walk that out with you. But maybe you're like Christina. You're like Ruby. It doesn't seem like there's much of a way. Let's start right here. And let's pray as a church. Would you pray with me that our God, we know he can make a way even when there is none because he is the way. We can trust him every single day. Let's pray together and believe that God is everything he says he is. Holy Spirit, right now, I pray for every person watching. I pray for every person facing that financial crisis, that, that, need, that need for healing. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come and, and make a way where it feels like there is none. God, for the person who is talking to doctors who are saying, I'm just not sure. For the person who's battling something in their throat or in their back, for pain in their mind, for mental illness, God, we ask that you would make a way where it seems like there is none. God, we believe in you. We trust you. We know that times may be difficult, but we know we serve a God who's won a great victory for us. Oh, death, where is your sting? The word of God says. And we trust, God, that you have made such a great victory that you have marked on death, that you have stamped on the grave, that as Easter is not so far away, we know, God, that you have, re you have resurrection, life, and power in you. And we know that you can make a way in every single person's every single day. So we trust you, Holy Spirit. We trust you, Jesus. We receive right now. And I pray as well, God, that those who are watching who maybe not be facing any sort of difficult situation of their next step, would they be encouraged to help activate faith and pray for those who need it? God, would we help show people you the way when they don't see it? God, when the path seems unclear, would we help show them to you, Jesus? We love you, God. We trust you. And we thank you so much that you are the way in our everyday. We love you. Amen. Love you, church.